Welcome to Mortgage Broker Acceleration with James Vagley and Ash Playstead. Being a successful mortgage broker is not just about offering great rates and great service. You need to become the best marketer, leader and strategist to outthink your competition. If you want to grow your mortgage business and do it smarter, keep listening. If you want to accelerate even faster, visit www.brokerworkshop.com. That's brokerworkshop.com. Now, let's accelerate. Here's James and Ash. Hey, everybody, and welcome aboard to another episode of the MBA podcast. And in this episode with my man, Ash Playstead, we're going to be talking about the age-old dilemma, a bit chicken and egg. It's, do I build demand, get more leads in my business, or do I build team? Which one do I do first? And Ash, this is kind of like the chicken and egg, isn't it? We, we see this all the time. We get this question probably weekly. Um, how are you, by the way? Yeah, I am outstanding, James, doing really well. How are you, by the way? Also? Good, good, good. Yeah, no, I'm fantastic. And what do you think about this uh, chicken and egg conundrum that a lot of brokers have? Because we feel this question a lot. Yeah, look, it's fundamental. And you're right. It, it is hotly debated, hotly discussed. And look, I think a lot of it, and I've got a couple of things I want to say on this, a lot of it comes back to what is your actual vision and strategy for your business. I mean, that's the first thing. Now, if you're starting out in mortgage broking and you're just trying to pay your bills, I get it. You know, your vision strategy is I need to make enough money to pay my bills. I understand that. So that's about leads. Leads, I need a pipeline. I need cash flow. I want the confidence that I can keep going. I understand that. And, uh, but I also think that uh, the industry is really changing, and I think the industry, as it's professionalising, is it's becoming more about a business opportunity than a sort of career per se. Um, as, a, as a person coming into the industry, I think it's becoming more and more about, well, this is a business opportunity for me to build um, as a broker within that business. And part of that thinking, whether you're starting out or you're 10 years down the track, is to start thinking well, where will this business be in six months, assuming, three to six months, assuming that I can bring in the business, right? Um, and we've talked in other episodes about marketing strategies um, that, that work to, to bring in dependable flows of opportunities. But at the back end of that is the 20 hours of work that's required per file. Mm-hmm. We know that, right? There's a, a 15 to 20 hours of downstream work from the moment you first pick up a phone to talk to a possible prospect. So we've got to think, okay, if I build demand or a lot of leads first and then try to backfill with people, team, and systems to handle that, I'll be able to cope with that because, you know, at least I've got the money coming in the door. That's what I would call, that's the standard thinking. That was my thinking certainly early on too. And as I've told many times in other episodes, that story didn't end well. Um, But fortunately, it was a learning experience um, as, you know, mistakes need to be. So my general stance on this, James, and I'm interested in your position on this too and listeners as well, is if you've got a plan and you've built out some strategies to attract customers, uh, you need to put in place at least the base level capacity 
three months, maybe six months is a bit of a stretch, but certainly three months ahead of when you actually need that full capacity. I'm a big believer in build the structure and then put the pressure on it by bringing in the business rather than bringing in the business, overwhelm yourself and then try and backfill it with capacity. Yeah, yeah. And it's um, let, let's sort of talk more about that because there's, as you said, the traditional way of building up demand and then backfilling with team and there's pros and cons to that. And then there's the build team and then demand and there's pros and cons to that. Um, I think the default, as you said, Ash, I think the most brokers would build up demand and then backfill with team because it seems less risky, doesn't it? It's, I don't have to pay for a staff member until I've actually got the cash. You know, we hear that all the time. And Mm -hmm. this traditional thinking of demand first, team second, well, the pros of that is, well, more certainty using cash flow that you've already got in the bank. Uh, The con, of course, is uh, you're completely always going to be stressed chasing your tail your client outcomes are going to be suffering and you're going to be at or over capacity like all the time. Um, If we think on the flip side, build team then demand, um, which is what we are suggesting as part of this episode. Well, the pros of that, as you said, Ash, is well, you've you've already got the team in place. Like you can handle the demand. You can actually grow faster in this way. Uh, Cons, well you're going to have to hire before the demand comes. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of brokers can't get wrap their head around that because as we know, a lot of mortgage brokers come from employed job backgrounds and that level of risk is just something a lot of brokers aren't used to taking, but you know, here the wake up call is we've talked about this in lots of episodes. Uh, The mortgage broken game is about business and building a business. And there's no such thing as, zero risk in any business, right? And I would almost argue, and I'll be keen to get your thoughts on this, Ash, is that it's riskier to try and backfill demand with team rather than back yourself and build the team and go for demand second. Because although there's risk in paying for some wages and making a commitment ahead of lead flow, think about all of the risks associated with letting your referral partners down, delivering poor client outcomes, chasing your tail, you know, over capacity that the traditional method, uh, Mm. you know, brings. Do you want to comment on that? Well, your point is really, really uh, powerful, James. And look, business building is not about avoiding risk. Business building is about managing risk. I want to make that clear, repeat that for, you know, listeners. Business building is not about avoiding risk. And I think often that's part of the mindset that comes through is, okay, avoid risk, avoid risk, and only take risk when you know the outcome. So it's how we deal with uncertainty, how we face the uncertainty of building a business, right? That's that's a sort of a fundamental human challenge is we like certainty. We don't like to take risks unless we've got a pretty strong idea of what the outcome is going to be. Well, the very definition of risk is you don't know the outcome. If you knew the outcome, it wouldn't be using the word risk. So I just it's a very important distinction. So what we've got to ask ourselves and listeners ask yourselves is if it's about managing risk rather than avoiding risk, well, how do we manage risk? Well, you've got to identify what the risks are. And I think you've said that, James. The risk is I hire a bunch of people 
cost me tens of thousands of dollars or more, and I can't afford to pay them because there's not enough business coming through, right? Or another perspective on the risk is you do bring in a lot of business and you've got a team of people, but you haven't got good systems and processes and the work just expands to fill the available time for its completion, that old proverb, and that's what happens. And I've seen lots of people come to 10X, James, particularly with significant teams and reasonable inflows but very low productivity, right? So producing a very small amount of fire from a lot of wood, if you like. So that's that says very clearly that they've understood part of the risk, which is I need to feed the business, but they've missed the other part of the risk management, which is I need a system that everyone understands and that can be scaled, that can efficiently process the business without overwhelming the business. So this is what risk management's about. So it's really about understanding what the risk is, then putting in place a strategy. And for me, it really comes back to planning your strategy, having a system and a process in your business, and we talk about this a lot, then perhaps putting your first person on that conveyor belt or assembly line and then start feeding more business in and go from there. I'm, I don't think we're suggesting, right, James, that you go out and hire five people tomorrow because, you know, I'm going to bring in 100 loans a month. No. Like, that's just not realistic, right? You might get to that point one, two, three years down the track. But wherever you are with your business, the idea is to understand where do I want to get to with volume? You know, will that be profitable for my business based on what who I need to hire to handle that? Right. Okay, what are the risks? Okay, the risks are, one, that I don't bring in enough business. So let's address that through a marketing strategy and inflow strategy. And the other risk is uh, I don't have a system that people understand and they get overwhelmed and I end up having to run up and down the conveyor belt and check on everything myself. Mm. Well, that's yeah. a system issue, right? Yeah. And that's that's probably the biggest danger, isn't it? When you go demand first, team second, is we see this every all the time, brokers go up to 100 110% of capacity and they go, ooh, ooh, okay, I better hire someone to, to help me because I'm drowning. And then you've got no time to train them. You've got no time to look after them and it becomes a bit of a stressful situation where you say they're having to look over the shoulder of that support person. They're making mistakes, but they've got no time. It's just not a good situation. And I'm glad that you brought that up before as well, that we're certainly not saying to our listeners you should go out and hire 10 people before you do anything. We want to do this smart. It's still going to be stages, but the crux or the, um, you know, the focus of this conversation is that the smarter approach is to hire and build a team before you need it. Now, that doesn't need to be two years before. It just needs to be a little bit before. And I think you nailed it before, Ash, by sort of thinking, okay, there's anything in business entails risk. And, um, you know, Ash, it's one of those things where it's like, if you're a chef, if you can't handle the heat, what's the saying? If you can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. Um, Correct. You know, this is mortgage broking. This is business. There is risk. And it's about having a plan and a strategy to minimize that and to map out a strategy that will make sure that you win in the riskiest way possible. It's about having the right support and mindset to back yourself 
Because at the end of the day, if you're not willing to back yourself, you should probably go get a job and work for somebody else. And then the third one is you've got to know your numbers. We have a tool, as you know, Ash, that we use with our members called the Cash Boss. And it's about understanding how your numbers look as you grow and hire and how much cash flow, positive and negative, uh, you're going to be willing to or you'll have to wear as the business grows. And just mm-hmm. by doing these things, like having that plan and strategy, having the right support and mindset to back yourself and seeing the path with the numbers, I think gives people a lot of certainty, doesn't it? Like, yep. yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's as I said, it, it, it's uncertain. The very nature of the word risk entails engaging with uncertainty, engaging with the unknown, with, you know, what's going to happen if I step forward into this risk? What's going to happen? That's where the fear kicks in. And I think the way that you manage fear is to approach it and control it rather than avoid it. So risk is really about engaging with fear. And the fear is I don't know what's going to happen. What if this happens? What if that happens? And I think too many of us get invested in invested in a possible future negative outcome which feeds back to where we are now and I guess triggers the avoidance of the risk or an impulsive approach to risk. The best way to manage risk is to have a plan, have an idea where you want to be, bigger picture, bring it back to where you need to be in three to six months. Because, James, and listeners, right, this is a very uh, specific industry. It's unique in the lag between the work and the income is unique. You know, you do all the work now. As I said, you, you find a loan, you speak to the customer, you process the loan, you get it settled, right? All of that process from go to woe to the money actually hitting your bank account can take two, three, four months. And it can all go pear-shaped at the last minute and you get paid nothing unless you're charging fee for service. So that's where, you know, you need to have these components in place and plan about three or four months ahead that if I bring in the business fairly quickly, I can process the work and I will have a pipeline of loans that I can quantify as a cash flow. And the cash boss tool, I mean, listeners, I mean, I don't know, James, they might have to hack your computer and get hold of the cash. It's an amazing tool, an amazing tool for planning and predicting the cash flow uh, structure and risk that comes from hiring people and how much business you need to process, source and process mm-hmm. to you know, to, to, I guess, to get your return on investment. Um, so, I, I, you know, it's something that we should put a training together on, James, and, uh, you know, it's incredibly valuable starting point. So the Cash Boss tool a- attached to a strategy of where you want to go with growing your business then informs you who do I need to hire now, what's it going to cost, and how much business is needed to cover that cost. Yeah, love it. Love it, uh- I guess a, a final thought for me on a couple of things and then I'll get your words, Ash. You know, for me, uh, we, we've sort of flipped the traditional on its head here and put a smarter argument out there as to why team first is always the better, less risky, faster way to grow your business. It's, listen, it's a mistake to wait for money in the bank to hire somebody. We see this a lot. I want to see the money, in, even if you've got a huge pipeline, a lot of brokers want to see a bunch of money in the bank to make sure they can hire somebody and, and pay their wages for three or six months. Uh, that's just going to slow you down and, again, result in stress, 
and uncertainty for your clients and your partners and, and your whole business. So it's, it's a mistake to wait for money in the bank. Um, the cash boss shows you how to do that smarter. And I guess the final word for me, Ash, would be at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know what you're like, Ash. I don't know what all of our listeners are like. But for me, if you hire a team and make a commitment to hiring somebody or using uh, another person in your business, what better incentive is there to go, right, I now need to go out and make it happen? Like if you've signed up and you've hired somebody, then that's going to free you up in your time. Okay, now that gives you the incentive because you've got to pay their wages and it gives you the free time to go, right, I now need to go and find more clients. Uh, that's what the cash boss does too. It identifies how many more clients you need to go and find to pay for this new person. So clarity, um, a bit of a fire up the backside, so to speak, is you know what most brokers need. I absolutely agree. And it's, it's the debt, uh, the debt motivator. Debt can be a very powerful motivator. I mean, I, and I'm not suggesting to anybody out there go and borrow money to to put into paying a team. However, I do think there are huge opportunities in this industry. I mean, 2022, the early parts of 2022, we're in. I, I am very, very bullish, as you have said uh, many times also, James, that this industry is going through a metamorphosis into a trusted advisor business industry. There's going to be huge opportunities for those that are prepared. And one of the most important parts of being prepared is to build capacity, right? Build capacity and have a plan on bringing in the business. If you need to fund that in the short term, we'll go and do it, right? But back yourself by having a plan, a system, a team, get the first bit of your team in place, bring in some more business, put a bit of pressure on your business. It's particularly how we work with our clients, right, James, is step-by-step, build the system, add some capacity, put some pressure on the capacity, and then go forward from there. And that's how you build a business, listeners. And if, you, if you're out there listening to this, I challenge you to, to consider this, reach out to us, put a plan together and put the numbers together and work out how much business you need to bring in to cover the cost of your investment and then take the next step moving forward. That's the way to do it. Yeah, smart advice for sure. Um, you know, there's a lot to this, uh, listeners. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, build demand, build team, chicken and egg, the smarter way to do it is by team first, then demand. But of course, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of uh, things you need to get right to make sure you can do this smart and with confidence and clarity. So, you know, we're certainly not think, advising you to just go out willy-nilly and <laughs> hire a bunch of people. Make sure you do it the smart way. Uh, if you'd like, uh, jump on and have a chat with our team and we can share how we can sort of support you through this process of building a business in the least risky way um, so you can be super confident just like you know dozens and dozens and dozens of our members have done so i love this conversation ash uh we could probably talk all day about it but i think we've got to the heart of the matter and hopefully this has struck a nerve with every one of our listeners and they take this uh advice to the bank 100 percent. look listeners i mean reach out through the socials i mean comment on this episode and if it's if this is a topic that's really picked away at the scab a little bit and it, it's got you thinking and you want to you want to know more we'd be happy to put more content have more discussion around this right james but i think hopefully at the very least it's got you thinking along the right path about how to manage identify risk 
manage risk, which is part of the opportunity cost of taking risks versus not taking risk. It's about managing risk. So just keep that in mind. Exactly. Well, this has been a fun episode. And I was going to ask you at the very end before we ramp, wrap it up, which, I don't know, which is the chicken, chicken, which is the egg? If it's the chicken and the egg in this instance of demanding <laughs> team, which is the chicken? Is it the egg or is it the chicken? Well, I think the greatest philosophers uh, in history haven't been able to answer that question, James. So uh, maybe we need to have a special episode titled The Chicken or the Egg um, and we can philosophize about it. But, uh, you know, it's what you want it to be is my answer. The yeah. answer is what you want it to be. It's about self-determination, intentionality, and that's what this is all about. I Don't it. leave it to chance. Be intentional about your direction. Oh, you betcha. I love it. 100%. Listeners, hope you've enjoyed this episode, learned a thing or two, and uh, Ash, it's always a pleasure. Can't wait till next week. Likewise, James. See you soon. See everybody. Thanks for joining this episode of Mortgage Broker Acceleration. It's now time to grow your mortgage business, your income, and your lifestyle too. If you want to accelerate and learn from the best, head over to brokerworkshop.com and join the next deep dive training with James and Dash. That's www.brokerworkshop.com. Until next time, go get them.